Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. So you guys like coffee? Well, good, because we partnered up with the best. Blackout Coffee Company is America's best small batch coffee. The true patriotic roasters of freedom nectar that lets you stay on your grind all day, every day. Blackout Coffee Company offers signature blends, single-serving coffee pods, and several types of loose teas. You can order those as needed, or you can join a monthly subscription. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiot.com, look for the Blackout Coffee Company link, and make sure you use promo code Rob. W10. That's R O B W10 for some immediate savings. This was never about money for us. It was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. To those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins, we show them that the human spirit is still alive. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob. Gentlemen, just go ahead. I am Arlo. Cousin Johnny. And we are all marking ourselves safe from the tiger sharks in the Red Sea. I don't know if y'all saw that, but... I have not, but I did see one where a lady is snorkeling, and this tiger shark is probably... 15 feet long. It's got a head on it like the size of a Volkswagen. And she says, don't splash. Just turn around and face it and then grab the nose and gently move it. I'm like, no, I'd shit my wetsuit. No, that, that thing wasn't hungry is what it was. And no. she did it that calm? Like, she it wasn't it. even a big deal. She, she just reached over and grabbed it's it. It's coming up on her like 4 or 5 o'clock. Yep. And she just turns, sinks a little bit, it faces it dead on, and it's coming at her. And she reaches out, grabs its snout, and just pushes up, just extends her arm, and it just slides right on by. And I'm like, no, no, no I, that's, that's, that's kind of like that. That's kind of like off the office where where he's sitting there and he goes, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I literally could <laughs> pic- picture myself sticking my arm out to adjust the shark's uh, <laughs> direction Whoop. and his mouth open and like bite my arm off. That's exactly. But this this video, um, God Lord, some stuff shouldn't be on the internet because uh, I look at it because something's wrong with me, but. I mean, it's just like right out of Jaws. I mean, this 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 tiger shark probably about the same size as the one that you were talking about, Arlo. Uh, this guy has lifted his whole entire body up out of the water and shaking back and forth like a rag doll. And then you see like a big. I mean, oh, it's it's rough, man. We're just starting to show off uh, tonight. So, um, <clears throat> what about Justin Nunley? If y'all don't follow him on Instagram or TikTok, he is hilarious. He's the one that he'll stitch videos. He'll go, the people will start off, did you know? And he'll go, no, but did you know? And then he comes in with some obscure fact. And he has stitched one, said, do y'all know, this lady goes, do you know what was not on the uh, submersible that went down to the Titanic? And he cuts in, he goes, black people. (laughs) He goes, hate me if you want to. And every one that I've seen stitched is all of these um, African-American 
people and they're like pointing at him shaking their head yes and he's like because they're not going down as soon as they open the thing and they see oh we're gonna pilot this with a a walmart version of a ps5 controller no no we're not we're not doing it you know why because they're not stupid what what about the video that came out that actually um there was a there was another expedition that that same uh, sub had and for whatever reason the engine on the front and the engine on the back or the propeller both of them got uh started going uh, in opposite directions. So this thing's doing 360s down by the Titanic. This this submarine's doing donuts down in the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. And, you and it finally the... corrects itself. And uh, but no man, and the, and the, I'm not the, getting in that. The lady that even uh, that was they were talking to. I guess there was somebody's probably doing a, a documentary or something on it now. But the lady was like, we all at that point thought that we were not going to make it back. We, they were 300 meters down already. Uh, no man. Uh, like I said. Rich people can go get on a submarine to look at the Titanic, and uh, us poor people just go to uh, Gatlinburg and take a look at it. Yeah, I'll just I'll take the museum <laughs> tour when it comes through. I'm good. I'm glad y'all went down there, but I don't want to be in that. Hell, I'm too claustrophobic. Man, I don't get need... me down there knowing like I just the thought I couldn't get out, and I'm yeah. packed in there with five other guys. Uh, that's why I hate being on an airplane. I mean, truly, that's my fear of flying because I have no control, and I'm like, as soon as you open that door in your head, that man. Something could go terribly wrong in the next five minutes, and we're four hours away from where we're supposed to be going. Like, I mean, when I, I, when think, I open that door, I can't get, I can't come back from it. Like, I'm, I'm. I always think about Ron White, and I guess that's why I can fly, and I don't give a shit. It's because it's like the guy next to me obviously had a lot to live for, and he's like, "Man, if the engine goes out, how far will one take us?" He goes straight to the scene of the crash. <laughs> <laughs> And it never fails too. Like there's always some idiot sitting around me watching something, but with a plane crash. Like it never fails, dude. Like why are like, we watching fails. that while we're yeah. on the plane? I'm like, can y'all watch a superhero movie or <laughs> have y'all still seen magnolias? <laughs> something. Have y'all seen that reel where that lady sees a demon on the plane? Yes, dude. No. She's going. She's. Uh, I have not seen that. You gotta yeah. tell me. You gotta tell me now. She basically is losing her shit in the aisle and said, that man was standing right there and he had no, it was black eyes. And so now people are stitching her video and they're sitting on airplanes going, no, I'm not checking everybody's eyes to make sure they're actual eyes. (laughs) She's like, it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. She flipped out, dude. And I don't need anything like that happening when I'm on a flight either. Because man, my, my, my adrenaline's already pumping and my anxiety's to the roof. Somebody starts showing out. It's going to, I don't know what's going to happen. I flew to Denver seven years ago, and uh, on the flight out there, there was a young lady with a like a three-year-old and a newborn, and a three-year-old passed out. We're probably over Missouri. <laughs> I'm looking at circle cornfields out the window. Well, this baby starts not having it. Yeah. And Done. So she's trying to give it a bottle, and then the three-year-old wakes up, and he's not having it. And so basically, man, everybody around her, we just – we started passing that baby around. It was the, like, that flight was over, like, in yeah. the snap of a finger. Because we were all cutting up. We were making faces and stuff. And she was crying. Yeah. And I the was mom like, was. Yeah. yeah, she just couldn't. Yeah. She had, a, she had, a, she had psyched herself up, had a game plan. And that game plan went out the window. And when it did, she had no plan B. And so I remember after, it was probably 45 minutes, uh, a female, I'm sorry, a male flight attendant came by in his, uh, Bottled blonde hair, mm. and he, she said, "He said, honey, let me take that baby back here. Let me see him." And he come back. That kid had bags of peanuts. He was shaking it, having the time of his life. That that guy was walking up and down the aisles. 
that kid will never remember it, but that was the best flight I'd ever been on. Oh, man. Yeah, that would have yeah. been good. It would been bad if somebody had been like, my baby's allergic to peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Guess we're landing in Missouri, boys. Um, real quick, like we have had like a little bit of uh, somewhat of a small explosion in uh, listens, and we've got a lot of new listeners. So we want to say thank you guys for listening to the podcast. And be sure to listen to it, uh, whatever whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Be sure to just uh, go ahead and like it, uh, and that way you'll get updates on new episodes that's coming out. And also, give if you can, give us a rating. It helps us jump up in algorithms, and it, it actually makes a difference. So it's something small you can do for us that uh, makes a big difference in how this podcast is put out so other people can hear it too. So we appreciate you guys, and we hope to keep you entertained. And we're going to hope to keep you entertained right here with this one. Sorry, it's a little crass. On today's What the Florida Look up in the sky It's a bird It's a plane uh, Nope it's a Florida man Hanging from a traffic light Shitting on cars Yeah, Shitting on cars Yes Was he throwing it Or were we just nope. like just... He was just letting it roll He was <laughs> doing a rolling brown out Right there <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, Can we do the wife have, are just going to smear that. Do like we have video of how he made it up there? No, I wish there were. There's got to be some. There's got to be some uh, traffic cams that caught that. Uh, but a Florida man named Roy Stern. That's a that's a that's a that's a strong name. Uh, was recently apprehended after reporting the climbing a Miami traffic light, dropping trowel, and defecating on cars passing below. I- I apologize for all the Florida listeners. I forgot y'all are in Hurricane Central and y'all's traffic lights don't swing from power lines. They're on big steel poles, so never mind. I know how he got up there. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, we were kind of thinking what it's like around here. We're trying to figure out how in the hell would somebody get up and do that? No. Uh, both police and fire departments were called to the scene. Uh, the ladder was used to bring the man back down to the ground, uh, but only after he made it. Uh, after they they made him use some hand sanitizer, authorities say that the man was high on crystal meth and no. marijuana. Man, he was <laughs> under the influence. No uh-uh. way, no, no way. I'm I, I'm still saying this may be a bath salt story. It yes. could be. So <laughs> uh, at the time, which made uh, the story even more incredible, because when uh, we smoke weed, the last thing we're going to do is think about doing some sort of physical activity. But I guess with that combination, uh, he just couldn't help himself. He was trying to level out. Uh, Still, the fact that Stern was able to climb the light single-handedly, removing his trousers and literally shitting on Miami is quite a feat. Uh, we get performance anxiety from just standing still uh, next to someone in a urinal, so hats off to Mr. Stern. And uh, good luck with your, your upcoming court case. <laughs> I would want to go before a jury. I would definitely push As it a jury trial. <laughs> jury trial. I had something, but I oh, it's what. We're five. We're five year olds. So, so it's terrible. So, and uh, yeah, man, that's that might be one of the silliest ones that that we've come across in a long time. Yes, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> and other silly news. Um, there was some uh, Colombian bam bam. Yeah, a little uh, yayo in the White House, just outside uh, the residence. Yeah, it's uh, it's got nothing to do. With uh probably that video of Hunter Biden's face crawling off and him like like you know jerking around uh, looking around like it's a big Fourth of July celebration, and uh, he was high as uh, allegedly. See, people seem to think he was high as a cat. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, some um, 
I wonder if it was medical grade. Because you know they're not buying oh, it. they're not buying it. No, that stuff ain't even cut. <laughs> it ain't even cut, dude. <laughs> like, uh, it'll numb your teeth if it's in your pocket. Like, you don't even got to use it. So, I'm sure that within a couple of days that there will be a news article that says it's crushed up aspirin or yeah, flour, yeah, say powdered oh, sugar. Yeah. yeah, it's something. It's, it's just all blown out of proportion. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just a giant bag of cocaine in the White House. <laughs> right outside the residence. That's all it is, you know. Just so happened Hunter Biden was there that day. Just so happened he's on video doing bumps right behind after he, like, <laughs> pats somebody on top of the head. his mom, he, like slides behind his mom in that video and wipes his face. Yeah. Somebody put the video, that video on one of the social media platforms and said, no, nah, man, there ain't nothing going on. And some dumbass in the comments said, man, I got severe allergies and I always rub my nose. And they like, there were 700 comments yeah. under his. All I'm saying is, uh, if you ever been around anybody that, that, uh, frequents the old, uh, booga sugar, that that's, that's kind of a, a common, uh, he, he's acting just like somebody on cocaine. No. Yeah. I just never did like the way it uh, made me feel, but uh, it smelled pretty good. So, just kidding. Just kidding. That's a joke, kind of. Um, something else is crazy. Uh, it's like uh, Britney Spears uh, got her wish come true when she said, hit me, baby, one more time. Uh, it looks like at 12, uh, let's see. No, nah, we're not even going to try to do a timeline here. NBA's Victor Wimbayama, is that? He's, he's the number one draft pick. This dude is... Tall as hell, uh, drafted by the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, there is a video on TMZ, if I can get it to play. No, it's moments before the contact. So they 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 got that video, like, not using it. But he apparently is going in with uh, his security guard into a restaurant in Las Vegas. And I don't know if Britney Spears knows who he was. Or, or, I don't even know if she knows who she is. But she ran up behind him and was like, hey, 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 and, like, grabbed him around the waist and uh, security guard, uh, his security guard, they just thought it was some random crazy chick, which they were right about the crazy part. They pushed her off, and uh, apparently the security guard slapped her in the face, like hit her. He struck her. So they asked him. Uh, was that like an open, like open five slap? Or, a ba- or was that like a backhand he pimp slap? He might have got her with a strong hand. He could have got her with <laughs> yeah, a strong hand. I'm trying hand. to figure out if that's open hand like palm or we're going backhand. I didn't know if there, there was. There is indeed a criminal investigation. Uh and serious as a heart attack, they are really looking to file charges on this guy. Uh, she is not open for statement. No. Uh, they're just saying that um, that uh, she was she was just hit. She just hit her. And uh, of course, the security guard he's doing his job. He's keeping people, you know, keeping him keeping his guy safe. Um, oh, he did backhand her. It was a backhand. Oh, there yeah. you go. So she did file it uh, as an assault. A backhand. Um, she was there with her husband, and he he didn't do anything about it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I told you not to touch him. And they asked the number one draft pick what he thought about it. And he said, honestly, I don't know. He said, I just he said she came up behind me and uh, grabbed me, and uh, and I didn't see what happened after that. The reason he said that was because instantly after she was grab after she grabbed him, she was backhanded. So hard that she fell to the ground and her, gra- her glasses were slapped off her face. So Damn. he, he got he wasn't he, playing. He's reaching back. He reached back. So he did apologize, and Brittany did accept. But 
She decided uh, otherwise. Yeah, she's like she got embarrassed in her town, man. So she's gonna make somebody pay. So, so yeah, man, that's uh that's the life of Britney Spears uh, these days. Uh, if she's in the picture or not in the picture, who knows? If there's a morphing face when she moves her hands across it, people got too much damn time on their hands. Yes, they do. They really do. Uh, she if she's not crazy, all those conspiracy theories about her is gonna make her crazy. <laughs> so it's gonna it makes me crazy. So. Tonight's episode, we wanted to do something. We want to go a little bit lighter because I know we had been doing, uh, we've been working on the Black Widow series. Uh, so we kind of wanted to lighten it up a little bit. I know most of y'all are used to us uh, being, uh, being goofy. So what we did is we tried to find some of the stupidest criminals in America and across the world. Newsflash. And uh, there's a plethora of them. There's so many you of them. You can get lost chasing that rabbit hole. We could definitely a lot do of dumbass criminals out there. We could do several episodes on this. I'm going to start one out with Donald Cooper. Donald Cooper the is Coop. a is a uh, Arkansas man who had uh, stolen a motorcycle at gunpoint and got in a police chase. And the police chased him. He he got off the motorcycle and he ran off into the woods and they weren't able to find him. So they have posted up his wanted picture and for what he had did and his his crimes that he committed, what they're looking at him for. This guy is a smart ass because he went and had his his wanted poster and had it made into a t shirt, and he had on his t shirt, and he got arrested in a in a county uh, a, a county uh, much uh, pretty close to where he was. He had his first uh, deal, and once they arrested him, the police officers noticed that uh, they noticed his t shirt. And they're like, oh, so Grand Theft Auto with a firearm. Okay. So they end up calling uh, Pottsville Police in the police department. Sure enough, it was him. Um, He was wearing a shirt on November the 18th when he was arrested uh, for disorderly conduct. Uh, And the police department said that they wanted, uh, they just wanted to let him know that sometimes it's best to keep your accomplishments to yourself and not to be a braggart or definitely don't make merchandise about uh, about it. Uh, And they wanted to thank him. For his help with the investigation, <laughs> for his criminal mastermind, could he get the reward if there was one? Because you know what, maybe he could. Uh, I think that's tried. People's tried to do that before. They turn themselves in. Like, do I get that reward money? No, nah, son, you're going to jail. But uh, yeah, they said thank you for helping cracking the case. Uh, without his t-shirt, they probably never would have caught him. And uh, he's still behind bars, boys. Still behind bars. Well. Albert Bailey, a 27-year-old and a friend who was a juvenile, attempted to rob a bank in March of 2010 by calling the bank ahead of time and demanding $100,000 to be made up in large bills. During the call, the teller was handed a note from his accomplice. The bank initiated a lockdown, and the criminals were arrested immediately. We are talking about the People's Bank in Fairfield, Connecticut. He, The caller stated that the money needed to be ready, and if it wasn't, there would be a bloodbath. <laughs> the employee who received the call hung up immediately, called 911, and it went into lockdown. The dumbass accomplice goes ahead and hands the note over. Well, the police just happened to get both of them. Idiots. And they were charged with first-degree robbery and threatening bodily harm. And thank the man as they put him in cuss for calling ahead. I think that he might have he might have been onto something there. They they maybe had a flight to catch with the money they're about to steal. They was on a timeline. They bought a Ferrari and they needed that money now. Needed now. We got to They ain't gonna let me drive this thing off a lot if I ain't got a down payment. You think we're stupid? Come on. 
Come on, nephew, go in there and just hand him this note. <laughs> Me and Uncle Daddy's gonna have us a little cousin, brother. <laughs> Uncle Daddy. <laughs> there is a coach turned me on to this there is an uh hbo cinemax max whatever they're calling themselves these days um series calls from behind the cell or something well they did one from chatsworth and it does not disappoint in the just outright stupidity i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to watch that i will have to send you the actual name of it but (laughs) it's season two episode four it's chatsworth and and i just it's murray county is all you can say yeah I mean, Chattooga County is probably sitting over there scratching their head going, I don't know if we can top that. <laughs> but we're going to try. They'll try. That's a, man, ain't too close. Ain't too far off a spectrum now. <laughs> I'm just going to say, pretty close. Real close. They ain't bordering counties, but they share the same brain length. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let me take you out to Spokane. Uh, on the evening of July the 5th, this was last year, obviously, uh, homeowners reported a burglary. They told police that they had returned from out of town and they were missing several firearms and some valuable coins. And damn it, if the guy did not take the craftsman riding lawnmower. Lucky for them, though, about 9 o'clock, deputies responded to the area because there was a report of a suspicious person riding a lawnmower down the road. It's also reported that the man appeared to be carrying a small bag and some type of rifle or shotgun. They were unable to locate the armed man riding this lawnmower, uh, but the lawnmower was abandoned, and they decided, you know what, we'll just impound it for safekeeping. So uh, about 1.30, deputies began receiving calls of a suspicious man walking near the same spot where this was looking for said lawnmower. <clears throat> when they arrived, Mr. Robert, 22, was sitting on an embankment. He provided his name to the deputies and was just kind of shooting the shit with them. And they discovered that, oh, well, Robert has an outstanding felony warrant for escape. Then when he was in custody, he told the deputies, you know what? I was the guy that was riding around on that lawnmower. Have y'all found my lawnmower? So then he said that him and his girlfriend had an argument the previous evening that she dropped him off. Her name's Tammy Lynn. It may have been. I guarantee it was two names. You know it it was two first names. Was it George Jones? If you're talking about a lawnmower. (laughs) Was it a John? Uh, Nope. Craftsman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so he, he said that she just kicked his ass out of the car and dropped him off on some road. So he told the deputies he saw the victim's open garage, this, these homeowners saw the open garage door, and hell, he just took the lawnmower. I got As get well as somehow. several yeah. firearms and coins. Oh, he didn't wow. have the firearms with him at the time when he was taken into custody, but he did show the deputies where he had thrown them on the side of the road. After receiving calls about the home burglary, the deputies interviewed him, put him in jail. He even admitted to stealing the shotgun, rifle, and pistol and said he discarded one of the weapons on the side of the road because he thought it would weigh down the lawnmower. I mean, is there a weight limit on the damn lawnmower? Like, that's what he's worried about. He ain't worried about anything else. I mean, I'm going too damn slow. I can tell you, maybe maybe it would have slowed the lawnmower down about as much as puncturing car tires to make sure it didn't float in the quarry. Well, and see, he said what How are we going to get it off this cliff, Leroy? Yeah. Yeah, And he said the reason he took the guns is because his girlfriend had prohibited him from having firearms, and damn it, he wanted a gun. So he said he abandoned the lawnmower because, well, I ran out of gas. <laughs> Ain't got no gas in it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have that? I did. Oh. Perfect time to use it. So, But, yeah, um, it never it like never ceases to amaze me. Like we, We're talking about dumb criminals. One of the smartest people that I ever heard of, and I know I've told this on this podcast before, uh, my dad knew a guy, or my uncle knew a guy, and uh, 
Sears used to be like a storefront. They weren't in malls. They just had their own standing uh, building, brick mortar. And he walked in and he's playing with the juke, like the, like the jam boxes, you know, like the radios, you see people carrying around with them. And he was like over there fooling around with it. And the Sears employee got said to him, he goes, he's like, can I help you? And he's like, I'm trying to get this thing to come on. It won't work. And he said, and they, like the Sears employees, like looking at it, fooling around with it. And he opens the back up and he goes, ah. All right, I can see what the problem is. There ain't no batteries in it. So he opens up a brand new pack of door cells and slams it in there. He goes, go ahead. I ain't even going to charge you for the batteries. Have a good day. So he thought he brought, he brought it in there because he thought it was broke. They walked straight out of there with a brand new radio. Dang. It only gets better. He, um, they, you know how people used to line their lawnmowers up on the outside yeah. and then they'd run the cable through them. And then at night they'd lock them back up in this little cage kind of thing. Well, he got the bright idea that he was going to get a padlock. He took their padlock and he put his padlock on it. So that night he's going to come up right there, back up there and steal him some lawnmowers. So sure enough, he goes back up there. He gets his padlock, unlocks it, opens it up, starts wheeling some lawnmowers out. The damn police pulls up. And they're like, what are you doing? He said, ah, he said, they're trying to kill me. He said, I got to have these delivered first thing in the morning. I got to drive. I forgot where he said he had to drive them to. He's like, like maybe like Gadsden, Alabama or something like that. And they goes, and the cop goes, well, help. he said, let me help you. So the policeman helps him load lawnmowers on his damn pickup truck, drives off with him. Never, never, never got arrested, never got in trouble, never. I could steal a piece of bubble gum at Walmart, and, and they, would, they, they would throw me down, handcuff me, and beat me right there in front of my kids if I was to do that. So just don't make any sense how people get away with that. Uh, make it till you make it. Yeah. But, but I got to tell you, though, here's a good story about Walmart. <laughs> I got a buddy of mine when we were in high school. This individual would go to Walmart and find receipts in the parking lot. Then he would go inside and get the items off the receipt no and put them in a bag way. and then take them to the front desk and return them. No he had the way. receipt. And they'd always be like, well, do you have this card? We? And he goes, no, nah, I'd rather you just give me cash. i got to get groceries. Son of a gun made 450 bucks one Saturday. See, I could never do something. Well, first off, I wouldn't do anything like that because my dad would beat me to death. Like, still, right now, he would beat me to death. Uh, but... If I was to ever do something or try something like that, I'd be in jail. That's that's about as bad as people that get a thousand dollars a month for food stamps. How the hell do you know how to work a system where you're getting a thousand dollars a month in that's food crazy. stamps? Isn't it crazy? That is nuts. That's that's as criminals can be. But you know what they they do it every month and get away with it. So it's crazy. Well, speaking of not getting away with it, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna take to Minnesota. Uh, this dude's last name I'm gonna butcher it, but. Uh, when have I not butchered people's names? Brandon, it looks like Chihak, C-I-H-A-K. That's what I'm, Chihak. Chihak. Chihak, whatever. Uh, I bet he never got picked on in school. This guy gets pulled over at a random traffic stop, starts acting a little squirrely, so the police officer's like, we need you to step out of the vehicle. So he gets out of the vehicle, uh, they start patting him down, and uh, he's he's got a big lump in his uh, in the back of his, in his joggers. Big, just a big lump. And the police is like, well, something's wrong, this guy's obviously got something going on here so they search him finds a big huge bag of crystal meth in his pants so he immediately tells the police officer that's not my crystal meth and these are not my pants pants. and so uh the police officer says there's not your pants you've got them on though how are they not your pants and he said well as you can see i'm 511 and these pants are made for somebody that's four foot one the hell? That's the defense. That was his defense. That was his defense. Um, As you can tell, it did not work. It did not work, Shocker. and he was charged for failing possession of controlled substance, fraud, burglary, uh, receiving stolen property, disorderly conduct, assault, 
DWI and theft, uh, theft and also a revoked license. So they'd found a lot of other stuff in the vehicle where he had been stealing, like breaking into people's houses. Maybe he did steal those pants. Maybe they weren't his, but I guarantee you that was his crystal. Yes. Oh, it definitely was 100%. 100%. 100%. It was his crystal meth. So. <laughs> All right, so two men were caught while napping after a crime spree, spree of robbing $200,000. The suspects, aged 29 and 33, were found passed out behind the wheel in two different locations with stolen vehicles and goods. Both of them were from Grand Prairie, Alberta, Canada, and they worked together. Take Break- off, hoser. <laughs> Breaking into several businesses. Around the Dawson Creek area. Oh. I don't want to wait. A Dawson Creek. Dawson's Creek, Joey finds out she has a penis. <laughs> a Dawson Creek spokesperson said to the media that they were not the world's brightest criminals after they were found passed out behind the wheel of the stolen goods. These criminals allegedly stole a pickup truck valued at $60,000 in Grand Prairie. Then. They started stealing money from laundromat machines. The Dawson Creek Royal Canadian Mounted Police were alerted that the thieves were headed in their directions. Or their direction. The police suspect that they broke into almost 15 vehicles, smashed windows, grabbed whatever they could grab, and after both of them were found, the stolen $200,000 worth of property was also recovered. There were over 160 stolen items in the vehicle. Jesus. The police reported the entire vehicle was full of stolen goods, leaving space only for the driver. <laughs> yeah. You ever seen that car downtown that's packed full of garbage and it's just a driver's seat? Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yes, yes. Can you imagine what that person's house looks like? Could you imagine what that car smells like? No, Ooh. sir. Mm. My that, problem is you keep talking about them taking a nap. I got a picture of Ross and Joey. Like, is that the best nap ever that, that they had? Like, that, is this off of Friends? I don't ugh, know. I'm ugh. confused. So when I was in high school, there was a big party. I didn't go to because I didn't, I didn't misbehave when I was in high school because, again, I was scared of my dad. Didn't want to get in trouble. And uh, two of my friends, uh, both of them were, were pretty heavy. Uh, one, of them, one of my friends is African-American. Another guy is just, he's like a white guy. So the police get called to this party up in Ridgewood. So the cops is everywhere, like raiding this thing, like underage drinking. It's just wild. They go upstairs, and my two friends, one African-American and one Caucasian, big boys, real big boys, get upstairs in the upstairs bedroom and try to pull the cover over them to hide from the police. No. The police the policeman walks over there and pulls the cover back, and he goes, what are y'all doing in here? And he's like, we was taking a nap. <laughs> If you knew both of them, you they were they, big boys. They weren't napping. They weren't. No, they wouldn't know. You couldn't have covered them up with a tarp and not been able to see both of them. And that, you know what I mean. But they were trying to hide upstairs, and uh, yeah, they was napping too. So oh, I don't think it worked out for them either. All right, well, let's uh, let's head across to Berlin, where Claus Schmidt in August Schmidt, uh, he had decided that he wanted to go rob a bank with a handgun. Now, this acted out like a pretty standard bank robbery until the tellers asked him, do you need a bag? To which Schmidt responded, you damn right it's a real gun. This made it obvious to the tellers that the robber was deaf. Oh. With this new realization, they sounded the alarm, which notified the police while Schmidt was none the wiser. But the funny twist of this story, 
Schmidt later sued the bank and won for abusing his disability. How can what? He, how can he have a gun? There's you can't have firearms in, in Germany. In Germany. He had how did so he get either. one? I don't know. This boggles the mind. See, that's is. one of those you need the backstory on it. Yeah. Did y'all see like not to get off subject, but you know the guy that plays Doctor Strange in the Marvel movies? Yeah. Is Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch is his last yeah. name. He has some crazy chef in I I guess it's London or England where they live. This guy's like came to his house multiple times with a knife, like telling him he's going to kill him and his family. Guess what this guy got? He got arrested. This just happened this week. The guy got arrested and he got, they gave him a, uh, a stalking order and turned him loose. That's all they did to him. Well, this is also, it's it, also like, London is where they get, they're fighting each other with machetes. In yes. The street. Yes. So it's, but you can't have a gun up. You can't, is that, am I correct? You, you're not able to have a firearm there as well. Police don't even carry firearms. Well, I think they do now, but uh, but he just got a stalking order after threatening to kill him with a yes, knife. him and his entire family. More than one time, he's done this. He's just showed up at his house. So basically, slap on the wrist. Don't do that again. Yeah, but why does he want to kill him? Like, what does he know that nobody else knows? He likes extra they give sauce. Him, and they his... give him a bad review on his uh, sea <laughs> star. He didn't, I guess not. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, I saw that. That's that was wild. I uh, just saw that this week too. So, I mean, people, people nowadays, dude, you just that's a mixed bag. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. So, um, and then there was somebody somewhere else. I want to say that was in England as well, where a guy came up to a. Um, a playground with like young mothers and kids and started attacking the parents with a ball bat, like hitting, like trying to beat people to death with a bat. All I got to say is you ain't pulling that shit in Georgia. No, <laughs> you're going to look like Swiss cheese. Um, I don't know how people think that it's okay to get rid of the guns. I really don't take a look at what's going on in France. Let's get rid of all of it. Um, let's get back on topic. Uh, before I make myself sound any dumber than I already do. Um, we got, this one, y'all, this one's great. We got Orlando Henderson, 29, North Carolina bank employee arrested for stealing $88,000 from the vault over several months. Okay. You know how he got caught? Posting pictures on his on his social media. Making holding, it rain. Holding stacks of money. Dumbass. Like, I'm talking stacks of money. That wasn't the only thing he did. Uh, he stole 18 different, on 18, 18 different occasions, he had stole uh, separate, uh, just allotments of cash. He was, uh, he was taking people's cash deposits. Listen to this. You worked in a bank before, so oh, yeah. you, this is going to sound real stupid to you. He took cash deposits. I worked at a bank too. So he would take those, go out to the ATM, to the bank where he worked at, and deposit the money into his checking account at the ATM at the bank he worked at, where he was taking deposits. He also was mani- uh, like manipulating paperwork. So he was um, he was doing uh, he was creating documents and destroying documents to hide his crime to cover up the theft. Um, this idiot, this complete idiot, took twenty thousand dollars in cash, made a down payment on a brand new BMW. And he rigged the paperwork up to where he had another financial uh, financial institution 
paying the rest of the loan off. Holy shit. Yes. Damn. Dude left North Carolina, went to, uh, he's got pictures all over his, uh, I guess it's Instagram or Facebook, where um, he's like uh, posted up in Hollywood, California, and his brand new white BMW, holding stacks of money. He got arrested finally. He's being extradited back to North Carolina. He may have already been extradited back to North Carolina. Um, but this is what he got. He now, Andy, I'm going to put my bullet in my gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, Barney, you just settled down. Uh, 19 counts of fraud, embezzlement, 12 counts of falsifying documents at a financial financial institution. Man, that's hard to say. Uh, those carry a 30-year minimum $1 million fine per charge. Money laundering, that's another 10 years and another $250,000 fine. He'll plead down to six months probation and time served. Y'all... Now, but hang on, let's go back to Europe though. You, like, I can have a knife and threaten to kill a whole family, and I'm good. Yeah, okay, sure. Just trying yeah, to put it yeah, in perspective. Yeah. So, you and I working working in a bank before. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't steal from a bank no. for very long and not get caught. You can't. And this guy was doing it for 18 months. That's crazy. There's it's too many checks and balances. In way place to make sure too you many. Like you, you couldn't force balance your drawer. Uh, or my lady from. Uh, from Chattanooga, Tennessee, I worked at SunTrust. We had somebody force bounce in their drawer, and they actually the error was they they miscounted they they put in a check as cash or a cash as check. I can't remember what it was. The money was there, but they took money out of their out of their purse and put it into the account to make it look like they were in balance because they were already on on like the verge of getting in trouble because they were out of balance all the time. Well, the money showed up over the next day by whatever she was short previously. That's just a red flag. There's way too many people taking a look. Like you said, do me checks and balances. This guy did this for 18. What kind of idiot bank was he working for? I you other people above him, supervisors and other things, they got fired too. Oh, they had to. Because they obviously weren't doing that. $88,000. Now, I can tell you a story that I heard. Um, there was a lady that was a teller. Um, she go to the Dominican Republic after her husband got his MD? No, but I'll let you tell that one if you want to, um, if you can, because I don't know I just that know one. the Reader's Digest version on uh, that one. So this person, uh, they were a tailor working in a drive-thru and tried to was about to balance out. This wasn't where I worked. This was another financial institution uh, in this area or close to this area. And uh, so she was $1,000 short. Jesus Christ. A thousand bucks even. Now, you know if it's even. Yeah, that's where you're in trouble. That's that's, that's the red flag. I love loss prevention. Like, I should have been working in that side of the bank because I got a criminal mind a little bit, and I I would catch anybody doing some bullshit. So um, she ended up, they they were, like, looking all, they had a drawer pulled out, looking through everything everywhere. And one of the other tellers, I think the head teller, looked down in the trash can, and there was a strap in there. There ain't no way. You can accidentally put a strap in the garbage. No. There's no possible, I don't care what bank you work at. There's no way you can put, but she already had her pay, had everything about, about to turn it in as imbalance. Like it was all right. I think she's like a higher up in a bank now somewhere. She's still in? Yeah. They didn't fire her. Nice. No, nothing. Nice. Yeah, she's a higher up. So my But wife- I couldn't come to work 10 minutes late. They'd be trying to fire me. Uh, like, I even made a joke. I had to go make a payment today, on my or yesterday on my car, 
And the guy's like, you know, you should get a checking account here too. And I was like, no, thanks, buddy. I used to work here. And I was like, matter of fact, why don't you just ask, ask some, ask your manager who I am. I'm sure they'll pull out my blue folder and y'all can have a, have a shit and giggle party at lunch, <laughs> looking at all the stuff that I did when I worked here. And he's like, okay, I will, I will. And I was like, don't tell him you're friends with me though. <laughs> you'll, get fired. you'll put a target on your back. So, but yeah, I mean, there's no way, like when I read this story, I read it a couple of times and there's, I like I said, what kind of idiots was running that operation? That's awful. Eighteen months. Yeah, eighty-eight thousand dollars, dude. You just can't do it. You can't do it. Now, my wife worked in the banking business for years, and she worked at a local bank that was later bought out. One of the tellers in the drive-through somehow embezzled six figures. What? Left the country because her husband which they were married, um, had just finished his doctorate in the Dominican Republic. What's funny is she arrived the day he arrived here. Mm. He's got the kids and nobody's ever seen her since. No shit. Really? I will tell you this. On six figures in the DR, you can live like a king if you're protected. For a while. Yes. Like, you you ain't got to work again, son. That's worse. That's originally, I think, where... So she's an international criminal. I think that's where his family was from, if I remember correctly. It may have been her family. I don't know. They had familial ties, so it's not like they wouldn't have hit her. That is unbelievable. Unreal. I don't know how I didn't know that. It's crazy. Crazy. I'll have to get my wife to tell yeah, me yeah, that, yeah. the specifics. I, yeah, I would like to, I would like to know, boil that down. And you got dumb people that would work there that would still, like, I mean, we know one person in particular, but it's like... You cannot steal from a bank and not get caught. I mean, you it will it will catch you eventually. There's and this eighteen months, man, blows my mind. That much money for eighteen months. I mean, the most I can remember when we would have people get caught. I mean, they they barely would make it a week. Yeah, because usually the responsibility of the head teller is you had to audit everybody's drawer at least once a week. Yes, and so it you was may a get away with it. It was, yeah. and you may get away with it for a couple of days. But I mean, it, you you're gonna have you're gonna get caught. It makes you wonder who else knew. Somebody oh, that's mine. Yeah, that's a, that, yeah, that can't do that no, by yourself. No, somebody, somebody was uh, cooking the books on the other end too to help that. Yeah. help that process. So he had big dreams and big aspirations. He took that. He took that eighty-eight thousand, got him a new uh, BMW or sorry, Mercedes Benz, and drove his ass to Hollywood. Crazy. So Ruben Zarate, an eighteen-year-old, was shot and wounded by the police for robbery. The suspect came to a muffler sharp, sharp shop. Shark. Shark. And asked for the money in the safe. The employees told him only the owner knows the combination. So, Mr. Zarate, not to be fooled, leaves his phone number with the employees to call him so he could come back later when the owner was back. The suspect left not one, but two phone numbers with the store on March 26, 2008, in a northwest side muffler shop in Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. The burst. I got a half a tank of gas. Quarter pack of cigarettes. <laughs> How many hard I got on that shade for you? <laughs> About a baker's dozen. <laughs> the employees stated that a masked man with a revolver came in around 8 a.m. demanding money, but was told that the boss was not available to open the safe. The fantastic criminal brain on this individual thought it would be a good idea to leave his phone number. He threatened to shoot the employees if they didn't do as asked by the robber. They called the Chicago police and informed them Officers in plain clothes came over to the store and then called the number. 
The man returned around noon wearing the same mask and black clothing. <laughs> Damn. When the teen tried to pull a gun out of his sweatshirt, one of the officers was quicker to the draw. Ooh. And shot his ass. Pew, pew. He was treated for the wound, which was reported to be non-life-threatening. Well, good for him. <laughs> I mean. Hey, dude, y'all just take my cell phone number and call me when the manager comes back in. I swear, I, it, it's not a big deal. Yeah, Jesus! Criminal mastermind. Criminal. Well, you know, let's let's follow that up with Mr. James Blankenship. Y'all talk about a dumbass here. All right, he was attempting to break in and rob his own mother's home during broad daylight. He got spooked and went and hid in the crawl space. And then when he was apprehended by the police, he was extremely stunned because he didn't think it was possible for you to get arrested for burglary during the day. I mean, well, it's only burglary right. at night. That's right. This guy thought he couldn't be arrested for burglary because it wasn't nighttime. Oh, that was his defense. I mean, that makes sense. That makes <laughs> no sense whatsoever. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. What the hell are y'all doing here? Y'all can't arrest me during the day. How about this one? Uh, God dang it, dude. This. I mean, I'm like, is this even for real? Like, at some point, I'm like, is this for real? It's about as real as, uh, I mean, of course, it came from Florida. I was going to say, there's a couple of Florida that I found that is a little unbelievable myself. How about you got Florida inmate claims that he has a Ebola in a police report causing the courthouse to clear out in a frantic pace. Um, was his name Don, Gillen, Don John Dillinger? It was Joseph Britton, an inmate in Brow, uh, Broward County. Broward County. There we go. Can we not get some, like, bat, like, what is it, patches from these police departments in Florida? Man, we will... We will display those proudly everywhere if you guys are just sending us I want to interview that guy with the, the chief of police that's always up there, and he puts the pictures of the And this dumbass. Yes, <laughs> dude. He he is awesome. So. Yes. Yeah, man. If, if you guys down there in Florida know anybody that works for a sheriff's department or any any law enforcement there to send us a patch, I will specifically make a, uh, I'll, I will make a shrine to every single one of them that we get. We'd appreciate it. So, But you got Joseph Brittany inmate, Broward County, main jail, disrupted bond court hearing. Uh, after he jumps up and claims that he has Ebola, he made the claim when he was arrested on Thursday. Uh, the defendant's statement in the document showed that an intent to create a disturbance uh, read the Fort Lauderdale Police Department uh, statement obtained by the Daily News. Uh, there were some vulgar statements made by the defendant, which were also noted in the arrest affidavit. The arresting officer did not observe any symptoms that led to believe that the defendant had the Ebola virus, and the defendant ultimately denied making the claim. I never said that. I said I was going bowling. <laughs> he claimed the claim caused the courtroom to be cleared out by around nine fifteen a.m. when Britain stayed behind alone, of course, because nobody wanted to get near his ass. Um, the entire prison was on lockdown earlier that day. Uh, was not accepting prisoners who were arrested by other agencies. Uh, staff were told that they could not leave the area. So not only did this man shut the courtroom down. He had the jail on lockdown, you and know, people couldn't leave. You know, oh, they beat one. his ass when he got back to jail, I guarantee it. Uh, Broward Judge John Hurley continued to hold hearings for the inmate through the video system because he didn't want to be in the same room with the guys with Ebola. Uh, even though the jail staff determined shortly before 10, 15 a.m. that it was safe for everybody to return to the courtroom. Could you imagine about to get off work, and they're like, no, 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 you can't go. There's an out. There's an Ebola outbreak. <laughs> there's no telling how long you're going to be here, and you could die. 
Yeah, not only are you Call stuck your at loved work. Ones. <laughs> so, I was telling uh, cousin Johnny, I've gotten on this kick watching the Sean Ryan podcast, which he does his own video on YouTube. And they interviewed Rob O'Neill, who the man who shot Bin Laden, and he he's like the Navy needs to pay him to get kids to be Navy SEALs because all his stories are fucking hilarious. Yeah. Now there's some heavy moments in there, but for the most part, he's he's it's fucking hilarious. But anyway, um, he said when he was trying out for Green Team, which is SEAL Team Six, so they've got them over there. No, no, no. I'm sorry. He was. This was in when he was. He had passed. He was in third phase, so he already survived Hell Week. They're on the island. Well, one of the teams was on the island, an actual team base on the island, and then the the grunts were over there trying to do their island maneuver stuff. Well, they were supposed to set off a nighttime charge, and they didn't follow protocol and didn't put two blasting caps on there. So they set the first one off. It went pop. They went to set the second one off, and they've got live explosives in the water. Oh, my God. And he said they smoked the drill instructors just went over there and smoked the entire team. He said they could not get, you couldn't get in the water. So he said, my swim buddy was a dumbass and was like sleep deprived. And he kept fucking up. And he said, we were on schedule wet and Sandy every hour on the hour. I'm going to run your ass. And he said, so then he said, one of the drill instructors goes, well, shit, I can't get you in the ocean. And he goes, that's okay, sir. I will soak his ass with a hose every hour on the hour because he's a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Which is another story. We worked with a guy. um, He said, and this is back when special forces just started and he's named in a couple of books. But um, he said at basic training, (laughs) he said somebody fucked up and the drill instructor put a trash can on this man's head and made him run around the platoon while they're doing PT. Oh, my God. And he said he couldn't help it. He said, man, I just, I started laughing. He goes, and the drill instructor asked me what was so funny, and he said, and then there was two of us running around the platoon <laughs> with trash cans on our heads. <laughs> God, man. I was listening to, uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and uh, they were talking about, um, it's a, it's one, it's called uh, Selling, Selling, was it selling girls in America? I think I sent that to you. Yeah. And these two guys are like uh, special forces and they're talking about how they, um, they just got, there's a couple of weeks where they, you just get the hell beat out of you. Like you just get beat up and they try to like get you to crack, to talk and, you know, tell them information. And, uh, that's, that's a different breed of folks, man. Well, and that's what I was telling him. And any of the, tier one guys that Sean Ryan interviews, they'll all tell you it's awful and they're not going to sugarcoat it. And it's awful. He said, but he had the best drill instructor. He said, they told each and end of every one of them, you set your day up with victories. You get up. That's victory. Number one, you make your bed high and tight. That's victory. Number two, and you brush your teeth. And then you're on time for muster and PT. Mm-hmm. He said, and you've started your day with four victories. He said, and then convince yourself that if you're going to quit, I'll quit tomorrow. He said, and that tomorrow just keeps moving ahead of you. And he said that it was awful. He said it was God awful. He said, I'm not going to lie to you. He said, I was from Montana, didn't know how to swim, and I passed. He said, now, I failed. You get three chances. He said, I failed the first two. Mm -hmm. But um, he said that he was in country when Latrell, when the note came out that Latrell was in the village. So they basically just steal vehicles from wherever they were at, drive as far as they can, and they're going up the mountain. And 
he said that it's so bad. It's he said this like eleven thirty in the morning. They're giving each other IVs to keep them hydrated because they've just basically shelled down to just rifle mags mm-hmm. and a canteen. Yeah, just to make they're wow. trying to hump it. And he said they would take one step up the mountain and you would literally fall, slide back down. He said, and so the guy in front of him said, fuck it, here, take my stuff. I'm just going to stay here. And he goes, that's fine, man. I understand. He said, this is shit. He said, but I'll let you tell Miss Luttrell, Marcus's mama, when we get back to the States, that you were too tired to go get her son. He goes, you're right. Yeah. You're right, chief. He said, I got it. I got it. And he said, well, good. He said, because in 10 minutes when I fall my ass down again, you're going to have to fucking tell me that too. Yeah. And he said, and that is why you fall back on the training. He said, because... If we had quit then, back then, we would quit now. And you just don't sure. quit. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, you're right, though. There, it's just that mindset, that laser focus to detail. And he said he got bored and lazy and was in an eight hour firefight on the border of Pakistan because he got bored. He said, I was just looking for targets and I saw this little thing. And basically, if we get engaged across the border, we can go across the border and bomb your ass. Yeah. And he said, so I thought it'd be a good idea to poke the hornet's nest. And he goes, it was not a good idea. <laughs> he said, four hours into it, I called in an airstrike. And he goes, two minutes out. And he was like, two minutes out? Who the, f- where are we dropping these motherfuckers? The International Space Station? Yeah. He goes, unbeknownst to me, the only thing in the area was a B-2 bomber at 70,000 feet. He goes, and they don't whistle. It sounds like someone frying bacon. <laughs> he said, it's just, <laughs> he said, and he dropped three 2,000 pound J-dams on a mountainside. God, Jesus. ain't nothing left but some dust. Yeah, man, it's Rob O'Neill. Like I've watched some heavy episodes with some guys that are just tore up, and but the Rob O'Neill one, man, I am dying laughing at most of his shenanigans. And I was telling cousin Johnny on the way over here, man, Rob O'Neill is—he's got to be damn near seven foot tall, and you don't realize how tall he is. He's sitting in a grown man's recliner in Sean's little studio. His knee—he's got his. Feet flat-footed. His knees are level with his tits. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, he's a big man. Yeah. I mean, a big man. And he started a brewery. I can't remember the name of it, but basically they've um, they've got four beers for each branch, and then they're coming out with a special run called Neptune's Spear, and um, it's going to be like 12% alcohol. Ooh. So, but yeah, man, he, you know, he... Caught some shit for losing, being drunk on a Delta, and they kicked his ass off after the whole thing. But, um, and he is hilarious. Like, he's one of those guys that I would just love to sit down and talk to because you know he's got story after story after story. And then you see the other side of it with some of Sean's other guests. And man, it's some what them guys go through. There's a reason there's a, a huge suicide for sure because yeah. they don't, there's no detransition. Nope. You're just your paperwork you're signed, and you're now a civilian. That's the one thing that I, that I had been getting into that with that one podcast I was listening to. Uh, the you know the sex trafficking thing is just run rampant in the world, especially in the United States. A lot of these military guys are getting signed up, kicking indoors, and taking care of business. And which you know, thank God we have those guys that that'll go in and do those do those things. It's uh, yeah, like Joe Rogan said, um, Jocko Willink and that whole group. Those are the break glass when needed. And you have to understand when you break that glass, you're not putting them back in no, the box. No, 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 no. Yeah. You can't. You're right. Yeah. I um we definitely like we got a lot of information. Uh we got a lot of good uh a lot of good information on this whole sex trafficking trade thing that's going on in the United States. 
And uh, I'm going to share that with you guys. And then that way we can get in here and bust out a podcast on that because it's, man, I, I'm going Sunday to see uh, Sound of Freedom. Is that the one that's got Jim Caviezel? Yeah. That's yeah. the one that they said blew out the uh, Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. They, on a limited release. On a now, limited Indiana release. Indiana Jones no is released worldwide. worldwide. But on a limited release, this movie has come out. And the bad thing is nobody's fucking talking. About We're literally got to go to Cedartown to watch it because nobody's showing it in Rome. Uh, so why is not it? Why, why is nobody talking about? Because it's an it's an independent. Uh, it's a I think it's Jim Caviezel. Uh, Sean Ryan just did an interview with Jim Caviezel on his podcast. Yeah. And Jim says on that podcast, I've not watched the whole thing, but I've watched clips of it. Jim says this movie has been made six years ago. And you know, Mel Gibson's got a uh, like a docu series, a four part docu series that he's trying to put out that I don't think anybody wanted to pick up. And it's it's it, I heard it, it's rough. It is rough. And uh, you're going to start hearing about how he's anti-Semitic again yeah. and how he's crazy. Yeah, the problem it. is him and Jim Caviezel made up their minds when they made the Passion of the Christ. Yeah. That this they, is what they we're going to do and sand. we don't care. Yeah, exactly. It's no more about our career. We're going to make sure right. there's truth being spoken. Right. And that, and nobody wants to hear the truth. Hey, uh, Jim talks about that in the podcast, and he says that Mel calls him and says, look, I want you to play Jesus Christ. He said, but I have to tell you something. When you do, you're done in this town. Mm-hmm. Understand me, right? Yep. He was like, I don't know. He said, okay, okay. And he said, so I went home and. He said, I'm a Catholic. He said, so I prayed. And he said, and uh, I called Mel back a couple of days later. And he said, I think I'm going to do it. And he goes, man, you're freaking me out. You really going to do it? And he's like, yeah. And he said, he's smoking a cigarette. He said, I hear him take a big old long drag. And he said, and one thing you have to understand, Mel, my initials are JC and I'm 33 years old. And he goes, I'll talk to you later. I'm on the phone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he pretty much. Uh, he got, he got, he personally got struck by lightning. Four times, yeah. During the making of that, when they were, yeah. he, uh, he, I get goosebumps. Dude, he, he crucified his movie career, yeah, making that movie. Like but he, Person of Interest came out; it stayed on for a little. Make, yeah, to make up. I mean, it. he's a great actor. Yeah, he is. But, but I'll tell is, you one he thing: he didn't care. He didn't care. That's the biggest thing that I've noticed watching some of these Sean Ryan things. Um, at the end of the day, I, I told him there's a there's another guy, DJ Shipley. Um. He does. He's got a skateboard um, company that he started to help vets, kind of like art therapy. But they do the the electro burn for how they hook up the stuff. Um, it's I can't think of it now, and of course, it's not going to come to me on my fucking <laughs> library. But anyway, um, Tribe Skates, and it's Tribe, and then S K eight Z, and He's got an 11-minute video, What Does Loyalty Over Integrity Mean? And it puts a lot of things in perspective. But after at the end of the day, when you hit rock bottom, you he does a great job of explaining how you have to be loyal to just you and your family, and you don't have to have integrity to your job. You don't have to have integrity to other people. You have to have integrity to your family. And that's the, and that's the biggest thing that I've seen, you know, just – I've watched, and here's the thing, people. Sean Ryan is kind of like Joe Rogan. It doesn't matter. They're going to talk until they get the story done. It mm-hmm. could be four hours. It could be eight hours. So you you just knock it out in chunks. Yep. But it's really good. Um, the last 45 minutes of the DJ Shipley one is will rock your world. And he he's like the bionic man. He has torn shit. And I don't see how the man walks without pain. He has blown out scapulas he's torn labrums dislocated shoulders torn his bicep 
ham. It, I just it's it's amazing. It is an absolute miracle that man walks around. The crazy thing you're talking about with the, the whole integrity thing, you know, to your family, and you know, it's not to get on like try to get on a religious kick or nothing like that. But uh, I mean, I've been a lot of things have changed in my life uh, past few months, and I went to that men's retreat. And the first day I was there, I, you can't have your phone. So I'm like wigging out. Can't have my phone. What if my work comes? Because my work's demanding. Like I, I, I have, there's no excuse. It has to be done when it has to be done, and there's no other way around it. And so one of the guys, like, I mean, there's 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 125 guys there, and they're serving. Like you can't even get up and go fix yourself something to drink. They'll tie you to a chair. You can't even go get your own food. They bring it to you, serve you all the time. And the guy walks up to me. He's like, I tell you, you're stressed out. He said, what are you stressed out about? And I said, well, you know, my job is pretty demanding. And I have, uh, I, I, if if somebody calls and I don't answer my phone, I, I may lose my job. He said, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. He said, I'm going to pray with you right now about about that phone and about your job. He said, no, I don't want you to worry about it no more the rest of the time you're here. And I was like, okay. So he did, and I didn't. I didn't worry about it. Now, on the way home, I was sweating it. I was sweating that my phone was going to have a hundred missed text messages, phone calls, and then uh, probably one from my boss telling me that you're fired. You, you didn't, you weren't here. Even though I got permission to leave, you know, and I got, yeah, I picked my phone up, didn't have one missed call, one text, one text message. And I was like, okay, well, there's something to it. So when you go back to the integrity thing, I made up, a, I made up my mind, it, you know, when I was there on the way home too. And then when I got home and got my phone, I said, you know, man, there ain't nothing more important. There's nothing going to like, I'm not going to be bonded by anything, anything in this world anymore. And I, and I haven't been, and I've, I've been at peace with it. Now we had to record a little later tonight because I had to, because my job's demanding and I had to run something somewhere, but man, at the end of the day, none of it matters. The old adage of don't sweat over a company that will have you replaced before you're in the ground. And that's the yeah. truth in, in anything. I mean, and that's the one thing in, in, I know there's a lot of taboo around it. Um, Marcus Capone is a, a former SEAL, and him and his wife created a top-notch five-star retreat that does Ibogaine and 5-MEO DMT for veterans. Mm-hmm. And it's all crowdsource funded. It does not cost a bet anything. It's a week. You are without electronics, everything, and everybody comes back with basically that laser focused all of the other things in life that you obsess about right now are is background noise yep and um it's you see such a huge change in those guys sean ryan actually went and his wife interviewed him on his show about his experience and at the last 30 minutes of that episode he puts it all in perspective and he said i used to just micromanage my entire company he said, and since I've been back, he said, I've worked four hours each day. And he said, I've gotten more done in four hours than I have in a week, any week that I've been open for business. He said, I have a new relationship with my son. I have a new relationship with you. And she said, and your eye color changed. And he said, yeah, my eye color changed. He said, and things seem more focused. Yeah. He said, I used to obsess over Chinese politics and they're trying to get into the uh, Horn of Africa. And he said, none of that shit fucking matters. Yeah. I would spend so many hours of my day dreading and contemplating and worrying about things that that never manifested, but it would just like completely like cripple me. 
mentally. Like I'd just be like, I, I'm like at a breaking point, you know, I, I was like, I'm, I'm doing these things. Um, why am I doing these things? Why? None of it, none of it matters. None, none of it makes a shit at the end of the day. It doesn't, none of it matter. Yeah. And, and the thing is, and I, t- I used to tell my kids this when I was in a regular classroom, look, I know some of you think that I'm trying to find every nook and cranny angle to stick it to you. You're not that important. Yeah. As soon as the, as soon as you get on that bus, I don't think about you until I see you again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, I've had to go back to that mentality in my job because I was the same way. I would obsess over things about, I've got a meeting coming up. I've done shit. 12 years. So you've run average of 15 meetings for 12 years. I've done quite a bit you've of meetings. You've done your share of meetings. Okay. So I shouldn't be having anxiety attacks about a meeting. I have a great relationship with a parent, but I was this whole past year. And within the last, I'd say three or four days, I kind of just told my wife, I was like, look, I've got to get back to where I just don't give a shit anymore. And that's yeah. a, that's a horrible thing to verbalize, but you know, I, I'm not going to, they're not sitting at home worrying about why I've not gotten my meeting scheduled. And I sure as fuck ain't going to worry about what you may or may not say to me if I don't get it done. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is that's where all the anxiety and stress comes from is because you start playing out, like you said, Rob, about all these things. What if this happens? What if this happens? Like you can't shut it off. No, I can't. And I, so it's constantly just wearing on you. And the thing is, like you said, 99% of the time, the shit I'm playing in my head and never manifests. Gonna happen, never manifests. So I all had, I'm doing is putting myself through complete, utter hell. Before I had went, and we called it up on the mountain, uh, Trace Diaz was the – was the men's retreat I went to, section for the men and women, the husband and wife. But single people can go as well if you got a sponsor. So before I went up there, like I always had to be perfect because I came into the position of this job where everybody made mistakes and companies or doctors didn't want to use our company because the people that were here per, like prior to me. So I came in, nobody even wanted to do business with me out of the gate because they just knew that I was going to be as bad as the last four guys that was at it. And uh, for a year, it was perfect. I didn't make a mistake. Not one time. I covered cases. I had I had stuff there. I had my trade stock, everything. I mean, it was perfect. I didn't make one mistake, okay? But I worried about making a mistake every single day. Every single day, I was like, what if this happens? What if this happens? And so I would over-prepare because if 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 something happened in plan A, you got to have plan B to back that up and there better be something for plan C if something else goes on with that. So I was over-prepared every single time, but it was a ton of stress. Friday, I had a brand new doctor that I've been trying to get for a few months. He wanted to do a case. And I was like, cool. It's one I don't have in Rome. I had to go to Atlanta to get it. So I rely on my office people to have everything prepared for me to take in. I was like, is this good to go? Yeah, it's good to go. Okay. So I take it. Next day, I got a case with the doctor. We get in there. It's going perfect. Like we, you know, chopping it up. Procedure's going exactly like it's supposed to. Then he measures. It's a radial head case. So there's a there's a radial head, and then there's a stem that goes down into the bone. Got it measured at a nine. Perfect. Let me go grab it. Go out there. Guess what? There ain't no nine. There's no nine. You can't go back. It can't be an eight. So the next thing you have to do is go up. And when you're doing that case, you it's not good to overstuff. Uh, they call it overstuffing the canal. He was mad at me. I said, look, I'm, on, I'm, I'm not blaming anybody. I said, it's on me because I didn't check it. Uh, I was told that it was all here, and I didn't check it. I took their word for it. And so it's on me. He said, oh, yeah, it's your fault. 
I said, yes, sir. It's my fault. I apologize. So I got it in there, took the x-ray, looked good, looked fine. It's just more work. It needed to be a nine. We made it a 10. It worked. Uh, was it ideal? No. But if I would have been, if that would have been me before I went to the man's retreat, I probably would have had to go get put on some medication like after that day. But I, we, and, and the cool thing was, is like, he showed me grace. He didn't have to, he should have dog cussed me and threw me out of the operating room. That's what I was expecting. Cause that's what you expect in this, in this, you know, line of work. And, and we were, and we, he came to me and shook my hand, told me to thank you for having everything there. And he's like, I know you won't make that mistake again. I said, guarantee you it'll never happen again. And I apologize. But going back to that, it's like, if I had not been through what I've been through, like when I went up there on the mountain back to uh, previous, I couldn't have handled that situation. I, I would have melted. I would have melted down probably right there in the operating room. I would have just probably walked out and went to my car. But now I just have this, this whole new way I see. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not really uh, the way you want to say it, but it is. It's like, fuck it. You know, it's, yeah. I got better, bigger things that's going to, this, this for me as far as like, you know, my family. And uh, we're going to make it work, whatever. We'll make it work, whatever. I got good friends. I got good family. Uh, and, uh, and just I don't got, be a dumb criminal. I got peace. That's that's the main thing. So I want everybody to get some peace. That's the thing right now is just finding that. You've got to get to that moment in your life where you reach the fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. You have to. Because if you don't, you drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because. 100%. The thing that kills me is that, that old, you know, animation where it shows the miner. And he's mining and he's mining and he gives up and one more pick he to hit the mother load. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's just look at like the guy that we, I, me and Joe worked with, and you had him as a coach or a teacher. You look in the bull, you can look a bull in the ass for an hour. <laughs> Sometimes that hour turns into a year, <laughs> but you can do it. But you can do yeah. it. Yeah, you can. Like, and and the thing is, and the reason I told the Rob O'Neill story was just quit tomorrow. Yeah, quit but, tomorrow. Yep. Because do what you got to do when you wake up the next day, you can quit tomorrow. And honestly, that's a fantastic man. I'm, I'm, I'm still in that one. I like it. Well, and, and, and it kind of resonates with me because I had a, a smart-ass science teacher when I was in school, and you probably, he was still there. And it was probably still written on the same whiteboard when you got there. We were bitching like hell one day, and he was, why do you not ever give one test that's open book? And he goes, oh, hell, tomorrow. I'll give an open book test. And he wrote it, open book test tomorrow. Is we that, walked in, we got our books out, and he goes, open book test is tomorrow. And I was like, motherfucker. It's like the one that says uh, free free <laughs> beer tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Free, be- free beer tomorrow. That was still on the whiteboard three, four years later. I will tell you right now, and this is, you know, and I'm not trying to, you know, it is what it is, but um, when, I, when I, I finally decided to quit trying to do everything all by myself, and I leaned on some good people that got me in the right direction, uh, to kind of lean on God a little bit or a whole lot, my perspective on a whole lot of things have changed. Now, I'm still like a raw as can be, and I got a potty mouth. And But, man, I see things so much different now than I than I have in the past, and I'm more compassionate to people when I wasn't as judgmental as hell. And I still am to some, some degree, and I'm still working on that too. But, man, 
like Gerald Swindell says, if y'all don't follow the G-Man on Instagram, you should. Gerald Swindell says, I'm a Christian, but me and God have a conversation about my mouth all the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. Hey, that's going to do it, y'all. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for our new listeners. And make sure to go ahead and uh, whatever your podcast platform is, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And then leave us a rating. Uh, that way uh, we keep this thing rolling and keep you entertained. So. Stay with us. Gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. It's been a privilege, but uh, it's been real and it's been fun. But it's been real fun because it's (laughs) it's hot down here. See ya. Later.